Now, not the oak tree that sits out in our courtyard, though that deserves a lot of paying attention to as well, but an old white oak that sits up in a graveyard of a church in the town where I pastored for 18 years before coming here. Some of you have seen the story about this tree in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, CBS News, Washington Post. It's the oldest white oak in North America, 600 years old. When Christopher Columbus made land on our shores, the tree was already almost a century old. The church by which it stands, a church I served 35 years ago as a seminarian, and the church where presently our own seminarian, Jordan Goodwin, now serves, and actually is preaching at this morning, the Basking Ridge Presbyterian Church, Mother Church, to the church where I pastored before coming here, is celebrating its 300th anniversary this year, standing alongside this great white oak for half of its life. Under its branches, George Washington and his officers camped. Within its shade, George Whitfield, the great British revivalist, preached during the Great Awakening. And beneath its roots, three centuries of the saints, including 35 Revolutionary War veterans, are buried. If only that tree could talk. But 600 years of life must someday come to an end, and they did this year. When spring bloomed last year, the old oak remained lifeless. Drought, climate change, and just old age, all likely factors in tipping its fragile balance to the way of all flesh and plant. Tree experts from around the country were brought to its rescue, but nothing could be done. She fought the good fight. She had finished the race. She had kept the faith. And so this week, they took her down. Over the course of three days, with the help of a crane, limb by limb, they dismantled her until finally they reached the trunk and masterfully and gently and with great care, they lifted the core of her being, 48,000 pounds of her, and laid her down, only to find inside her, to no surprise, a heart. And off she went to the wave of a little girl. Sixteen years ago, acorns were collected from the old oak and saplings were grown in a special grove a couple of counties over. One such sapling has been carefully returned to the old church where it begins its own odyssey, new life from old life. Perhaps we might find interest in the story of the old white oak because by God's good grace we have shadowing our own life, our very own oak, an old southern live oak whose 200th birthday we celebrated seven years ago. Just a baby. 35 years before Florida became a state, 100 years before Sarasota became a city, 150 years before Church of the Palms was a gleam in God's eye, the old oak sprouted. Every Sunday, it summons us to our common life underneath its limbs, towering over time and dwarfing our own threescore and ten. The old live oak digs its roots into the soil, stretches its branches over our heads, bears its leaves for our shade on a summer's day, and lays its acorns at our feet. 
But maybe most of all, what the live oak does for us is hearken us to those things that we believe are still true and tall and timeless. There is a yearning inside all of us, isn't there, for those things in this world that are true and tall and timeless. The, the world is a transient place, right? Everything kind of seems to come and go. What is in fashion today is out of fashion tomorrow. Fall in love with your iPhone 7 today, and tomorrow the iPhone 8 will appear. But that's the way the world is, right? In many respects, that's the way the world should be, right? I'm glad not to be living like a caveman, though my wife thinks I sometimes do. It's good to live in the 21st century with antibiotics and vaccines and quick communication and fresh produce just around the corner at the local grocery store. Nevertheless, we yearn for those things that endure. And frankly, those things that we thought once endured don't feel very enduring anymore. I remember as if it were yesterday, my very first trip to Washington, D.C., and walking into the halls of Congress and sitting in the gallery of the House of Representatives, I felt within those walls an enduring spirit, the flag, the Constitution. Many don't feel that enduring spirit anymore. Drive down Main Street of any town and see once venerable institutions, the bank, the courthouse, the church, the school, old oak trees in and of themselves, but now the climate of our culture has changed and the winds of scandal and partisanship blow heavy and those trees feel a little tottery. Great doubt has arisen and like some Dutch elm disease has crept under the bark and hollowed holes where once the wood was firm. So, does that mean I'm a pessimist? No, I'm not a pessimist. I, in fact, am an optimist. And I'm an optimist because I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, I cast my eyes upon another tree. The, the Church of Jesus Christ is, has its own venerable tree around which we gather. The tree of life planted at the beginning of time, and the tree of life flowering at the end of time, and the tree of life that stood tall within a certain time and upon a certain Judean hill some 21 centuries ago. The tree of life upon which God in his good love stretched himself wide with arms like branches, gathering all of us into his grace and mercy. This is the tree that endures, not for 300 years, not for 600 years, not for 900 years, but from the very beginning to forever. His roots plunge deep into the bedrock. His fruit ushers forth love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and goodness and self-control. His shade cools us from the heat of judgment. His core holds a heart for all people. And this is the tree that is standing true and tall and timeless, and it's the only tree that empowers us to stand tall and true and timeless. His love becomes our love. His grace becomes our grace. His mercy becomes our mercy. His joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control become the very fruit with which we get to shower the world.
as we draw nigh and find the fruit and seed of this venerable tree, as we take that in and as saplings allow it to root and grow, so we become then true and tall and timeless in this world. Not perfect, not arrogant, not boastful, but as humbly as that tree grew in our midst, and now that oak towers over us all, so humbly are we called to tower in this cynical and frightening world to embody the very life of Christ, the gracious and sacrificial and fruitful life of Christ. The apostle says, it is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives within me. And, that and when that, with that comes a confidence in believing that the hope of the world rests in Jesus Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. It helps us to understand this Apostle Stephen, chosen by the people, because in him they saw a good man, Luke tells us, they saw a good man of good standing, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, full of grace and power, whose life embodied for the people the enduring Spirit, that though the winds of opposition blew and the, and the climate of suspicion and cynicism threatened, Stephen still stood tall, bent but not broken, Christ within him. And the people, Luke says, when they saw his face, they saw the face of an angel. And though they took this angel out to their little pile of rocks and used those rocks to dismantle the tree, the towering tree, it was not lost on anyone that Christ endured. The Spirit of Christ endured. The grace and mercy and peace and truth of Christ endured. No stone, no saw can take this tree down. You see, I'm an optimist because I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm an optimist because I want to try to be a follower of Jesus. I want to live like him. And I joined this band of brothers and sisters from all the ages whose hope was in the word made flesh, who believed that he is our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. And the last thing the world needs is for the church of Jesus to give up hope. The last thing this world needs is for us to believe more in the cable news talking head or the latest political pundit or the latest upcoming Twitter post than we believe in the goodness and truth that passes from that tree into our lives. This is a big day in our life here at Church of the Palms because in a very real sense, on Confirmation Sunday when we just confirmed 22 of our very own who now possess their faith in Jesus Christ, the truth is what's happened is the acorn from the oak, the apple from the tree has fallen into a new set of lives, a new and fertile soil. They have joined the church and that's different from joining the baseball team or the soccer team. It's different from the Spanish club or the chess club. It's different than the country club, the golf club, the field club, because none of those things have as their mission changing the world. None of those things is going to last very long. None of those things is going to be of much help when you have a hard time making a big decision, when you're struggling with doing the right thing, when you are suffering from pain or rejection, when you are tempted to take the easy way out. None of those things are going to be much good. But we are the church of Jesus. 
We believe in true and tall and timeless things. We believe that we can change the world when those true and tall and timeless things make their way into our hearts and from our hearts make their way into the hearts of others. When the acorn gets passed, when the apple falls from the tree, and when we stand strong against the prevailing winds and the changing climates. Maybe that's what they were doing up at another church when I attended also when I was in seminary. They just recently adopted a Syrian refugee family. Oh, the political winds against it and the pundits not wild about it, but the local church of Jesus stands true and tall and timeless when God says, welcome the stranger. Or when the confessing church in Nazi Germany assembled to denounce the rise of Hitler, many of them at the cost of their own lives, re-reject the false doctrine they wrote, as though the church were permitted to abandon the form of its message and order to its own pleasure or to changes in prevailing ideological and political convictions. The church of Jesus stands tall and true and timeless when God says, you shall have no other gods but me. Or when that Amish church up in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania, in the wake of an unspeakable tragedy where a madman took the lives of several of their children, including his own, when they assembled to pray, they prayed not only for the families of those children, but they prayed for the family of the madman. And they just didn't pray for that family. They, they set up a fund to care for his children and his widow. The church stands tall and true and timeless when God says the true religion is caring for the widow and the orphan. G.K. Chesterton said the church has many times gone to the dogs, but it is the dogs who have died each time. So I am an optimist because we are the church. We are the church of Jesus. We believe in true and tall and timeless things. We believe that we can change the world with grace and mercy and peace and love because these are the things that endure. The enduring tree into which acorns grow and from which good apples fall. Let's pray. We thank you, O oh God, that you do love us and that there are true and tall and timeless things in this world. We thank you for the tree of Jesus Christ that has grown in our midst. We thank you that we can believe that that tree lasts forever from beginning to end and that as we live our lives into that reality, that as we take that seed into our own souls, that we can as well be true and tall and timeless, that we can speak against the winds of this time and that we can be your people who stand tall and strong for the sake of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name, amen. Messiah, my savior, there is power in your name. You're my rock and my redeemer. There is power in your name, in your name. 
Jesus There is no one like you So as followers of Christ this week and we wonder what's going to sprout and what fruit we're going to give away think about those fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and now may the love and grace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you on this day and every day. Amen. Stop.